Hello, this is Sydney Moon, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Beth, and I'm going to be doing a series on songbirds, and today I'm going to be talking about the tufted titmouse. This is Randy, and I will be continuing my birthday series by talking about birthday cakes. This is Cole. Um, We will begin with our holiday happenings for the week. So today is Easter Day. Yay! Happy Easter! That's right. As we record this podcast, Easter Day. Easter dinner is cooking as we're uh, as we're talking now. That's That's right. right. We just took um, some Easter pictures outside, so that was very fun because it's such a pretty day outside. It's beautiful. The perfect Easter day. Unfortunately, we're all quarantined. (laughs) Right. So well, but it's gorgeous. Right. At least we're together, and we've been able to do a few Easter traditions (laughs) this year. So what, what traditions have we done? Uh, well, we did Easter eggs. We, we dyed cut, Easter eggs. We colored Easter eggs. Watched Easter movies. We watched all three Easter movies we have, which is the Easter, it's the Easter Beagle, Charlie Brown. And then the two Rankin Bass. Right. Here comes Peter Cottail and the Easter Bunnies coming to town. Oh, that's funny. You guys watched. So just to give some context, I just moved into my new place, so... I didn't participate in any (laughs) Easter traditions this year. But you guys don't always watch um, Easter Bunnies Coming to Town. Yes. But you did this year. Yeah. In fact, we we had a question about it being a Rankin Bass because, I don't know, for some reason in my mind, although Rankin Bass has made um, multiple Santa Christmas movies, it just seemed a little odd in my mind that they bothered to make two Easter ones. Right. Two very different ones. So, but, no, we checked. They're both Rankin Bass. Yeah. Yeah, well, it has the same uh, conductor, doesn't it? It from, does. Yeah. Um, Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the one does. The, That's right. Yeah, yeah, the one does. It has the conductor who was also the postman. Right. From, yeah. Fred Astaire yeah. for That's the right. one, and then it was Danny Kaye for the other one. It was Danny Kaye the other yes. one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we did, we've done those. We're doing our Easter meal today, as we always do. We eat ham, and... We're doing Hermate. mac and cheese today. Hermate macaroni and cheese. Yum. And fruit salad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So very fun. Looking forward to that in a couple hours. And we got a new stove unexpectedly delivered yesterday. We thought it was going to be delivered later. So we've been using that and trying to figure out how that cooks. Because it was cooking a little fast yesterday. So we'll see how that <laughs> goes right. today. Yeah. And one Easter tradition we're not participating in this year is we normally get a bunch of Easter candy. And put those in Easter baskets, and this year we are not doing that. Yeah, yeah, I think we came to an epiphany that none of us wanted to have candy available this year. That's right. Not like a ton of yeah, candy in the house. No. Right. But I was a little sad last night. I really wanted that Dove milk chocolate bunny. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad I don't have it, because I would be eating it. Yeah. So. Yes. But we did give Easter gift cards to each other, which is very That's nice. Right, fun. And Beth worked on just making them fun and special with cards and... Making little cute stamping little stamping stuff. Stamp, yeah. yeah, stamping stuff. So very fun. Thank you for doing that. Yes. Mm-hmm. What other holiday happenings do we have for the week? Well, for me, I have been so enjoying the lilacs. I sit by a window to do my morning devotionals and to... Um, I've actually just... It's kind of my spot now. And I keep the window wide open. 
and the lilacs are right outside of my window so every time a breeze comes through and it has been just lovely with lots of just awesome breezes all of that lilac scent comes in so I have just been loving that I'm looking forward to that as long as I can have it yes. as long as the lilacs are going to bloom Yes, and speaking of the weather, we have had some very windy days. <laughs> yes. Um, Dan and I were out getting Starbucks at one point, and um, there were a bunch of cherry blossom trees, and I'm assuming they're cherry blossom. But anyways, it was some type of tree with white and pink flowers. And anyways, but um, the petals were all coming off at once. Yeah, it was a pretty and, stiff breeze. Yeah, and at one point, me and Dad saw this, like, like flower petal tornado little thing yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah, and this was like, I mean, it's hard to describe how many petals. This was like it was covering the roads, kind yeah. of that that number of petals. There were just so many petals on the road. It was road. just the wind that yeah. took them all right. off, and they were just like flying yeah. around everywhere. And it, it was looked so like pretty. They were running. Yeah, yeah, it looked like you were running mass. and jumping. <laughs> yeah. But there were so many of them that there must have been no wind for like a while before they bloomed because. It was just like tons of them coming off. And then like Sydney said, they were kind of twirl up into these little tornadoes. It was so fun to watch while we were sitting and waiting for Starbucks and Starbucks line. Yeah. <laughs> In the drive-thru. In the drive-thru. That's exactly right. That's right. And the last holiday happening that I'm aware of is that we will be taking down our Easter decorations this week and moving on to our more, I call them our regular decorations. Although we don't really have regular decorations, but they're the decorations that are up for the longest period of time and not holiday specific. So right. The you know, summer decorations. Yeah, they're summer, basically. but they're not like focused on summer. They're not, yeah. Right. So that's an activity that... It's like um, normal people have. Since I've got time this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. I'll be taking down the Easter things and putting up the regular things. <laughs> <laughs> so since it's spring and the windows are open and I've been enjoying that those lovely lilac scents, another thing that I've been noticing is the birds chirping. And that's lovely, too. It adds to the whole ambiance. And I decided to do a series on songbirds. So as I was investigating songbirds, I decided on the tufted titmouse. So this series will take you for the next through 10 or so years. <laughs> you want to get through all the songbirds. No, I'm not. It's not <laughs> an exhaustive podcast on okay. songbirds. Just a little series. The tufted titmouse is part of the chickadee family. Yeah. And it's approximately six and a half inches long, so it's a little bird. It's mostly gray, and it has a distinctive crest, which is the tuft, mm -hmm. which is a little pointed bunch of... Yeah, I think chickadees, like the little chickadees and the titmouses are what we see most on our feeders. Right, exactly. Yeah, and they're, they're just such lively little things. So it's that little crest at the top that looks like a little boy... Cowlick. Kind yeah, of a, like a little boy's cowlick. It's kind, kind of, of like a cardinal's crest, a little less pronounced, yeah. but um, yeah. similar. It's such a cute little bird. It has... <laughs> That's your conclusion. It's so it's cute. Kind of cute. It has a pointy little black beak, and it has a little black uh, right above the beak. And then there's like a pinkish or rust color down the flanks. It's more like a cream with some of that. So the eyes are black. And they look really big in proportion to the head, which mm. is another reason why it gives them kind of an expressive appearance. And they they like to explore gardens and yards, and they're actually very brave. They're one of the ones that will come to bird feeders, and they'll come up to people more. 
um, less afraid than some of the other birds, less spooked. You mean they'll come up to people? Like if I put my finger out like a little perch, it would come up to it? You know what? I don't know. Later, let's try that. You go out and put your finger out. Put one bird seed on your finger. <laughs> the term titmouse refers to the Old English word tit, meaning small, as well as the Old English maze, which is a reference to small size, or mace, which is a reference to small size. The idea is eventually, probably because of the bird's small size and gray coloration, mace evolved into mouse and combined to form the word titmouse. So you can find them from the woods, into orchards, city parks, leafy suburban backyards. He's a friendly, active little bird that makes itself home throughout the year. It's noisy and sociable and quite tame in human company. Don't know that he'd come onto Randy's <laughs> But we haven't really tried. But we have not tried. And fearless among other small birds with which it associates. It's the true. Tough... It does chase the little other chickadees away. Yeah. Often. You've noticed? Yep. The tufted titmouse was originally considered a southern woodland bird, but for the past 50 years, it's been expanding its range northward. Their affinity for bird feeders and nesting boxes has played an important part in the expansion. Titmouse are non-migratory, and they're able to survive harsh weather if sufficient food is available, which is why we see them at our bird feeders in the winter. We keep them well-stocked. Randy, I'll be honest, Randy keeps them well-stocked. <laughs> right, right, yes. They're among the best-loved visitors to bird feeders, and they are for us, along with the chickadees. And it's, um, despite their small size, they're athletic and hardy. Many live in the far north, and they're able to endure the bitterly cold winters in part thanks to their strategy of storing food in bark crevices or holes and remembering the locations to retrieve it later. Oh, wow. Maybe that's why we have so many, because we have a lot of pine bark. Yeah. Because we live in a pine forest. Yeah. So. And, and a whole line of oaks at the backyard. Yeah. Yep. And that's why if you run into a tree really hard, you'll be showered with bird seed. <laughs> I never it did just, that. It just shakes it all out. This is really a cute little thing about the titmouse. Special leg muscles enable them to hang upside down to what? feed. Like a bat? Yeah, they can be upside down. Not indefinitely like a so bat. But if, if I put my finger out, it could land and swing upside down. It could. But yeah, these little crazy. claws, like, so don't be satisfied with just the top. You stand there until it flips over. <laughs> Might want to wear a glove, though. <laughs> like a Faulkner's glove, <laughs> yeah, really thick glove. So but just for your finger, finger yeah, right. finger sleeve, leather finger sleeve. So because it can hang upside down to feed, it allows them to eat items such as insect eggs that might be missed by other birds. Oh. I know. Isn't that fun? I'm like, these are such interesting little birds. (laughs) They eat mostly insects and seeds, depending on the time of year. And caterpillars, and this is, I mean, I've done, I did so much research on this. Caterpillars are a popular item in the summer. They take up like a ton of their diet in the summer. So they are just munching on caterpillars. But they also eat wasps, good job titmouse, and bees, and beetles, and the larvae of species, and in winter, insect eggs. Interestingly, acorns are a mainstay in the fall and winter. And at feeders, titmice really like 
sunflower seeds. So I thought you should know that. So we should make sure that there's lots of sunflower seeds in there. Well, there are because all the other birds chuck them out. No, no, no. Sunflower seeds are the ones that They're everybody usually likes. popular. Yeah. yeah. But which ones do they... It's the little white round ones That's that they hilarious. don't like. They don't there. like. Yeah. I know. No, do not it's give like birds to Yeah. <laughs> it's like trash. Who put trash in here? <laughs> That's right. It's like... Um, this is the wrong brand. If you have like a Halloween bucket and you're like pulling out yes. the Heath bars and stuff <laughs> as you're trying to get to the yeah, good stuff. the hard candy. The hard candy. <laughs> get to the chocolate. Those little chalky uh, yes. candies. Yeah. That's they, what the birds are doing. That's right. They also like suet and peanuts. We don't usually have a little suet. No, because it goes very fast. It's expensive and it goes very fast. If you earn me some money, I'd go ahead and put it back into you. So titmice will stash food for later use, as I talked about before. They'll demonstrate curiosity regarding humans and will sometimes perch on a window ledge and seem to be peering in the house. Now... Another website had said they may be peering in the house. Another thing they may be doing is just picking off spiders and things from the window area, which I also applaud them. Mm-hmm. I just really like these birds. You know what I found out about? Uh, I saw this little chart on different types of bees and hornets and wasps. And they were talking about what they like and what they don't like and how they when they would sting you, that kind of thing, just so, so you knew. And they had the cicada killers, those really big ones out there. And they said, you know what they really like to eat is spiders. I'm like, oh. that's why we have so many. Because we live in that forest with the pine straw, we get a lot of spiders, ground spiders. So I'm thinking, oh yeah, they're picking off the spiders. So they're a good thing. Go, cicada killers. <laughs> I'm trying to think of <laughs> what a cicada killer looks those like. Those are those big hovering ones on the ground, not the... Not they, the wood ones, but the hovering the ones. The ones that will chase you. The ones that will chase you, yes. As Cole knows from first thing. Yes, I accidentally stepped on one. <laughs> yes, I get mad. It chased me three times around the house. They're the brutes. <laughs> I mean, it is hard to kill them. It is hard to kill them, yeah. Because the, the bug spray doesn't work on no. them. Yeah, did, Dad, didn't you say that they were, it looked like they were eating the spray? <laughs> I was just saying, the bug spray does not affect them. Well, at least it doesn't kill them. I don't know. It they is get funny. Angry. Yeah. Funny story at one point. Um, not a cicada killer, but a regular wasp was chasing me at one point, like through the woods, and I like was running and saw, you know, eventually I turned around, it wasn't there. So I was like, okay, I must have outrun it or gave up or something like that. But on my way back, I saw a very similar wasp recently stuck in a spider web. Oh, really? Yep, between two trees. Ah, oh, so you and were the like, spider was spider. there and. You know, I looked at him and he was like, I got your back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, I got you next. <laughs> no. no, I was like, Spider, you're my man right now. <laughs> so funny. Anywho. Because he was just chilling. So a normal pattern for the titmouse is to scout a feeder from cover, fly in, take a seed, and then go back to eat it. But I don't know that that's been our experience with them. They send, They tend to kind of hang out at the feeder, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and stick their heads in and, like we said, shovel what they don't want out. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling that ours are maybe a little, uh, a little spoiled. spoiled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the natural nesting choice of the tufted titmouse is a tree cavity, but they don't create them themselves. They'll go into a woodpecker. If a woodpecker has created a hole, um, it'll go in there or some other cavity and then a tree. So what does it chase the woodpecker off? I don't think so. It's pretty little. Yeah. So, I'm so I was wondering. Yeah. So it says abandoned, an abandoned, abandoned woodpecker hole. hole. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or a crack caused by lightning strike or other sites, including rotted fence posts, 
drainage pipes and nest boxes. So you can put nest boxes out and they will live in them. So the female builds the nest of grass, moss, bark, and leaves, filling up whatever size hole they've adopted. When the main structure is completed, the birds line it with hair. And this is very interesting. Often plucked from a living animal. Woodchuck, rabbit, dog, even a handy human. What? Yeah. So They'll go in the if your dog really doesn't like birds, it's probably because they're <laughs> swooping down and plucking they're hair plucking off. Plucking different hairs, yeah. Isn't that funny? And it was through all the research. So I'm like, I read it, I'm like, oh, come on. And then the, I read it again and again and again. It's like, man, this is, these are funny little birds. They'll lay five or six eggs, which is incubated by the female. Both parents feed the young. And then sometimes one of the birds will stay the next year and help raise the next um, brood of chicks. Isn't yeah. that funny? It is funny. So the family unit will often stay together for the winter one will often stay and help with the next group of chicks. So, like an older sibling. Oh, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. So, the life of the tufted titmouse is approximately two years, but it can live for more than ten years, which is a huge expanse of time. I talked about the black on his forehead and beak and black eyes, some of the coloration on his flanks, but basically they're little gray birds, and they have kind of a cream-colored chest and tummy. Um, little tuft on their head and they are adorable and I am very happy that I got to look up more about them so I'm going to really enjoy them a lot more this year at the bird feeder now that I know more about them very fun so that's the first bird in the new series on songbirds that's right on the new 400 part series (laughs) on all of the songbirds (laughs) that's right so thank you very much for sharing that that was very interesting I thought so too thanks so last week, I talked about the origins of the birthday song and the fact that these months are kind of birthday months for us, uh, which works out well because we're, they're off the beaten path of the major holiday. So it's a good time to talk about birthdays and anniversaries. And last week when I talked about the birthday song, I talked about the, the recent legal battle that ended up moving the song into the public domain so anyone can use it. This week, I'm going to talk about birthday cakes. So what is a favorite birthday cake memory that we have, any of us have? Well, when the kids were little, I used to make different kinds of birthday cakes for them. So I had made, um, they must have been like two and four, something like that. I think that's probably pretty accurate. And I made a ladybug cake and then with a ladybug mold. And then, well, Sydney and Cole, they always had their birthdays together because they were only two days apart. But when we would celebrate with friends, I remember sometimes you would make a cake for me and my friends and cake for Cole and his buddies. Right. I think in this case, in addition to the big ladybug, Mm -hmm. I made cupcakes. Yeah. And the cupcakes were both bees and ladybugs. Yeah. So the kids could choose, do they want a piece of cake? Do they want a little cupcake? Or the parents that came could choose for their child. It was easier to have the little Cupcake, cupcakes yeah. <laughs> and then let the adults eat the cake. But but that was really cute. And it was, you know, it's something that still remains in my mind. We had rented a pavilion. It had all the other little friends over, so. Yeah, yeah. so that was friends. cute. I also remember um, taking Wilton decorating courses with you, Mom. That's right, we um, did. Yeah, so Together. that was really cool and played a part, really, I think of just 
continue our lives afterwards because um, we yeah. could do all this kinds of stuff. I remember you making a clown cake for some of our friends. So oh, I, that's right. I have a lot of fun memories of. Um, I remember you had tins. Um, four cakes to make fun cakes like the ladybug cake and stuff. So I have fond memories of you making cakes, but also making cakes and decorating cakes with you. Right, yes. That was a lot of fun. And for those who are wondering about those classes, we took them at Michael's. Mm -hmm. And they have really served us well over the years. We've used those skills over and over again. Definitely. When I was a kid, my mom always made homemade cake and icing for us kids. And Mm -hmm. it was always a white cake. And then we could pick out the colors of the icing. She would basically make the same basic flowers and then the, the piping on the side. Mm-hmm. And then she would put like things on it. Like I, I remember one party I had, my mom made the cake for us. And we had some neighbor kids over and I had some cars, matchbox cars, new matchbox cars on top of the cake that were very fun. So I always liked when it was our birthdays because we got to choose all those things. But we always had cake. But I noticed my dad always had pie. So when I became an adult, I actually started to choose pie over cake. Right, Even yeah. though cake was the tradition, pie was something I preferred. I know you guys, I think, generally prefer pie. Yeah. Different flavors of pie as well. We, we've always seen Dad have apple pie, homemade apple pie, for his birthday. So as we became adults, we developed the whole pie versus cake for a birthday. Yeah, we were doing that before we were adults, though. Right, yeah. When you came to a preference... Yeah. It's difficult for me to remember a time when I had cake. Yeah, you're pretty rather young. than chocolate pie. Right. Cole yeah. was chocolate pie. Yeah. Sydney was usually no meringue. Although like we do have like birthday pictures and stuff of me asking about like um, pumpkin pie and you you have your pumpkin pie and apple pie are really, really good. Yeah, I think that the apple pie is the best of all the pies that you make. Thank you. For me, I love chocolate cake with peanut butter frosting. That yep. is yes, good. You do. And I usually make my own mm-hmm. because it's just really good. It's the best. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I make a homemade chocolate cake and homemade peanut butter icing and usually decorate it really nicely and it's usually two layers and mm-hmm. it has piping and it. it's just pretty and very it is rich. So rich. It's yeah. so good. Oh my goodness. But that brings us to the types of cakes. There's lots of different types of cakes out there, whether you're having for birthday or not. So one of the things I wanted to do was look at what are the most popular flavors, the top flavors in the United States. Okay. So I asked you guys to, to come up with your list of top five flavors of cakes in the United States. Okay. So top five that we think are the most popular. Yes, in the United States. Okay. So my guesses are white cake, chocolate cake... Yellow cake, funfetti, and red velvet. In that order. In that order. Okay. Mine is white, chocolate, yellow. And honestly, I would say red velvet and carrot cake. Okay. Mm. All right. Mine would be chocolate, white, strawberry, yellow, carrot. What's a strawberry cake? Like strawberry flavored cake? Uh Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a pink one. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of little girls. Mm -hmm. So the number one, at least for this survey, they actually... Did a lot of work with a number of magazines and networks like Food Network, Country Living Magazine, Southern Living, a bunch of different places. So the number one is chocolate. Number one chocolate. Number two is vanilla. Mm -hmm. Or white. Is it the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number three is red velvet. Mm. Mm. So Uh, I was surprised you guys got red velvet. Yeah. Number four was banana chocolate. Banana chocolate? (laughs) That's bizarre. Yeah. Number five is flourless chocolate cake. Okay, number, we're not counting that. This number is six is molten lava cake. 
Is that a different like Number seven is yellow cake. Number eight is strawberry. Number nine is funfetti. And number ten is black forest. Mm. That's just so weird. Then the other ones are lemon carrot cake. They've got a number of, yeah. of ones in here that I thought, oh, that's interesting. I would not have guessed them that high, but they. Yeah, the reason why I guessed the white and yellow, the white, like over the chocolate, is because at work, I don't know, like people's like go to, I guess, is white or yellow versus chocolate. So I never really end up eating cake at work. I guess maybe I'm thinking not. of adults too much because adults would go for, I guess, vanilla cake, white cake. Yeah. More than chocolate because it's less. Neither of them are good for you. But I guess the the thought of oh, the well, this, this isn't as bad for me as getting chocolate. So that would be funny. as weighty. Yeah. But there's not that stipulation with children, right? So they'll yeah. just get like, oh, you know, mommy, daddy, I want a chocolate cake, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, or yeah, that was a good yeah. Was a good um, but I know that red velvet people started raving about it, like. I don't even know, like 10 years ago or so, and it's gotten like really yeah. to be like a household kind of And it look, does look fun. The red yeah. velvet looks fun. It tastes, from my perspective, it tastes fine, but it looks fun. It, it, looks, tastes, it tastes like similar chocolate. Similar to chocolate. Yeah. To yeah, yeah. That's really what it is. Except it's red. Right. And so I watch baking shows, like cake decorating shows, so anything regarding like um, if it's a Halloween cake or whatever, anything that needs red in the middle... They use the red velvet for that. And that can be they can make some really cool things. So looking at kind of the stepping back in time and history, I needed to look at okay, when did birthday start to figure out okay, when did birthday cake start as part of birthday. So looking all the way back to three thousand years BCE, if you look at the Bible, it actually talks about the Pharaoh's birthday in the Bible. That's so funny. And that's one of the earliest references that scholars find anywhere to somebody celebrating their birthday. Now, they didn't celebrate their date of birth. They celebrated their date of becoming a god, which is when they became pharaoh. But then yearly, because they had a calendar system, they were able to celebrate the day that the pharaoh became pharaoh. And that was their birthday into their Their rebirth day. (laughs) Right. Right. But it didn't flow down into the regular people. It was really for the pharaoh. And there's no evidence that Egyptians in general celebrated birthdays. You move forward in time into the Greek culture and you know obviously gods and goddesses were a big part of the Greek culture. The Greeks offer many tributes and sacrifices to appease the gods and if you look at the um, lunar goddess Artemis, the Greeks would often uh, offer up moon-shaped cakes adorned with lit candles to recreate the glowing radiance of the moon and Artemis's perceived beauty. So circular cakes. (laughs) <laughs> moon shape. Moon shape. Yeah, moon so probably circles. Right. Or right. crescents. It just happened to be a very easy shape to make. They had to like eat it in a way that always has like a, a phase of the moon. Yeah. Is right. that what you're thinking? Yeah. It was cut in the phases yeah. of the moon. That would be hilarious. That's funny. So the interesting thing was the candles on this. So the candles actually were on there. And when you blew out the candle, the smoke symbolized sending prayer to the gods. So the smoke, you blow out the candle, and so you would make a prayer, blow out the candle, the smoke oh, so would float up. Like making a wish. Exactly, right. So, so we are praying that, to Artemis every time <laughs> we blow out our candles. That's right. So it's believed that that kind of, that flowed from that Greek tradition. So then birthdays, as far as the, the common masses, when the calendars were around, 
they believe that they started later than the, you know the pharaohs, but they really were days as as all of us um, who've been doing this podcast for a while um, can relate to that they would be a a day to ward off evil spirits in your life. Oh, oh, more evil spirits. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, gotcha. That yes. seems unnecessary. They could have just gotten a nutcracker and well, right. I know. Right. The spirits are afraid of birthdays, though. So right. it's yeah. just a convenience. That's true. If you get a nutcracker for your birthday, oh, that's double. like no spirits, yeah. which and you've if you gotten make noise. before. Yes. Oh well, yeah, but they don't like noise yeah. either. Yep. Yes, and and that time frame was believed to be the first um, was in the ancient Roman time frame, or celebrating the birth was um, for the common people was when the Romans were around, or the early Romans. So regular Roman citizens would celebrate the birthdays of their friends or family. So any Roman turning 50 years or older would receive a special cake baked with wheat flour, olive oil, grated cheese, and honey. Um, and then female birthdays were not celebrated at all until about the 12th century. That's so weird to think about. So we should uh, try to recreate one of those Roman cakes one of these yeah, days. Yeah, that sounds great. See, uh, and what, what's the recipe? Olive wheat oil. Wheat flour, wheat, olive oil, Grated cheese, cheese, and honey. And honey, yeah. Yeah, there's got to um, be a couple other things in there. <laughs> Probably very flat. Yeah. As you move forward into the uh, Christian era, the Christians did not celebrate birthdays, even uh, the birthday of Jesus, until the 4th century. So it took a while for them. At first, it was a very pagan cultural thing. It took a while for them to kind of take on some of those traditions and make it a more regular thing that people could celebrate the birthday of Jesus as well as the birthday of other people, just regular people. Yeah. Not as long as it took for them to come around to the women birthday. That'd be another eight, 800 years. Yeah, that's, so. right. Yeah, that's right. Now, it's not super surprising to find where birthday cakes, as we know today, were created. What country do you think? Germany. Uh, Germany. Germany. <laughs> yes. Once again, Germany takes the cake. <laughs> <laughs> so it was about the 18th century where birthdays were celebrated around the world, even in China, for a child's first birthday. Or at least the child's first, if not beyond. So in Germany, it was called Kinderfest. So that was the German birthday party. Uh, that's closest to the today's style of, of birthday parties. So this is where German kids or kinder um, would celebrate their birthdays and have a featured birthday cake adorned with candles. Kids were given one candle atop the cake for each year they had been alive, plus one for the hope of living for at least one more year. Blowing out the candles while making a wish was a big part of their celebration as well. So that's really from the 18th century through now, similar. Now, I remember as a kid being places where somebody would put an extra candle on for the next year. Do you Have you ever... No. Do you remember? Certain no. places that, like, at relatives' houses and things like that, they carried that tradition forth. So it's kind of one of those things that, you know, maybe other people want to carry that same yeah, tradition, kind of nice. hoping that they survive another year. That's <laughs> yeah, a little dismal, but, yes. you know, just in, you just know. Just one more year. Yeah, at least. Yeah. I guess you could, like, fill it up with candles for, <laughs> for, for, for ten more. <laughs> so it took until the Industrial Revolution before everybody could enjoy sugary cakes because mostly in the early, like, 1700s, 1800s, it was the wealthier people that had birthday cakes because of the price of sugar and those other things that went along with it. So it took a while until the Industrial Revolution was pumping out those materials at a much cheaper 
a cost that more people could then enjoy creating cakes. And then we talk about like recipe books that were then, right. you know, we talked about that in the and podcast in the fourth. Right. And then things were more accessible too. Yeah, they were more available as well. Right. And then bakeries kind of flourished as well because the cost, they could actually pre-bake the materials and then people could buy them right from the bakery because they were much cheaper at that point. So I thought this was interesting. What day, don't look, what day of the year is the most common birth date in the United States? The one day? Yeah. Um, what month or what day? Day. Day of month. I'm going to guess June something. September 25th. October 5th. <laughs> you saw yeah, I day. saw your picture. Why, why October 5th? So if you think about it, it makes sense. Nine months before October 5th is New Year's Eve. Oh. oh. <laughs> I was going like fall in general. I was thinking it September. Was, I went Christmas. Nine months after Christmas. So on another note. <laughs> when you're stuck inside with your loved ones. <laughs> on another note, what is the least common birthday in the United States? New Year's Eve. Like um, winter. Early January. One yeah. week after my birthday. May what? 22nd. Really? Yes. Which is... Uncle Mike's birthday is a week oh, after that's the funny. Uncle Mike's birthday. Funny. It's the least common. Yeah. So, so what is nine months before that then? I think that's the start of school. Yeah, August. Because mine was um, September, August. therefore June. Oh, that yeah. would be funny. Yeah. Yeah. So cakes in the early days were a coarse bread-like product. So... How early are we talking here? Like, are we going way back pre, to Greece or... Pre... Anything pre-1600. Okay. Yeah. We're generally a coarse bread-like product. In the 17th century, birthday cakes were made more elaborate with details like icing, layers, decorations like flowers. Uh, these cakes were, were the ones that were only affordable to the wealthy upper class. In the 18th century, food and baking utensils became more accessible and therefore more affordable. And that's when the cakes uh, went down in price and the number of cakes produced went up considerably. Okay, so the other interesting thing I thought was looking beyond the United States and what other places do in terms of cakes. There are places that do cakes, pretty similar to ours, like Brazil, for instance. They take on a lot of the traditions that are similar to the United States. Uh, but one of the things they do instead of cakes is they do uh, dumplings called salgaditos. And there's lots of different variety of those and they're filled with um uh, with some combination or some type of meat inside so that's their their equivalent of cake so uh norway they generally uh traditionally eat chocolate cake on their birthdays they also pick a person in class to do a little dance with them oh so having no friends in middle school would have come in handy because <laughs> nobody's going to be doing the dance with you and German kids' birthdays today, they get candles, they get a cake. They also don't have to do any homework or chores, right? Oh, so that's kind of nice. Yeah. It uh, turns out that if you're a man over 30 who is still single, you will be made to sweep the city hall stairs while your friends throw garbage at you. <laughs> so, that's <laughs> that's terrible. You have to wonder how literally they take this. <laughs> yeah. In Denmark, they make um, something called a cake man. So... Rather than a standard birthday cake, Danish children enjoy a cake man, which really does resemble the patient from the Operation Game, only with icing. Oh, okay. So once the songs are sung and the candles have been blown up, cake man is decapitated. 
and the head is presented to the birthday boy or the birthday girl. <laughs> Wait, where is this fun. from? Denmark. Denmark. <laughs> really, this sounds like this should be somewhere in the Caribbean. <laughs> sounds like it should be German. <laughs> so in Russia, instead of birthday cake, the Russian children enjoy birthday pie with a greeting carved into the crust. Oh. They will then play a game that features the use of clothesline and hang prizes from the clothesline. So each guest has a present to take home. In Canada, uh, the celebrations are pretty similar to the United States. There are parties, presents, cakes, all-around good time. Sweet 16 parties are pretty common in Canada. One unique tradition I found uh, says that in some families, a wrapped coin may be hidden among the layers of the birthday cake. If you find the coin, in addition to you know, hurting your teeth, <laughs> you get to go first in all the party games. Oh. Yeah. In another tradition, Canadian tradition, this on the Atlantic side of Canada, a child may be surprised by friends or family to have their nose greased with butter for good luck. Sounds fun, huh? Yeah. So <laughs> Super fun. That just, yeah, there's nothing to even say about that. That just sounds... <laughs> so that's like awful. Nova Scotia, Quebec. Yes. Like that. Yeah. You might get oh. your nose greased. Hmm. Now, Native American tribes, obviously, there's a lot of different traditions, but they generally emphasize milestones in a child's development rather than the day a child is born. So, a child takes the first step, they accept responsibility as an adult, they get married, those sorts of milestones rather than the day. Um, some tribes, like the Winnebago tribe, celebrates birthdays on a large scale, which can be attended by almost anyone. The news of a grand party usually reaches people through word of mouth. They'd have a birthday cake. The birthday cake is actually taken around and shown to the guests. And then it's considered an honor to be asked to cut the cake. And going back to Russia for a second, a person who has a birthday is usually the one who brings the cake or sweets to the workplace or to school, depending on where you are in your stage of life. Uh, birthday parties are attended by close friends and family. Girls and young women are not allowed to sit at a corner of a table Otherwise, they won't get married for seven years. So, there yeah. you go. Uh, if you find yourself sitting between people with the same first names, you should make a wish and it will come true. Which is easy in Russia because, like, half the population is named Ivan. Yeah, maybe that's where that came or from. Or Ivan. There's no happy birthday song sung in Russia. Instead, there's a common song that goes something like this. Never mind that clumsy pedestrians are jumping over rain puddles, and that the water is streaming down the street. And never mind that passersby can't make sense of why is it that I'm so happy on such a rainy day. Yet I'm playing my accordion in front of everyone on the street. It's so sad that a birthday can only happen once a year. A wizard will suddenly appear in a blue helicopter and will show me free movies. He'll say happy birthday, and just before he flies away, he'll probably leave 500 ice cream cones for me. Okay, you know what that sounds like? What? It sounds like a bad translation of a song. <laughs> so, this is actually a, from a Soviet cartoon, and people who sing it at birthdays generally are singing it from nostalgia. It is from the cartoon, um, is it the one with the, the alligator? With, I don't know. I don't know. Because I think, um, I remember. So there's a very famous old Russian, I don't know if you call it a cartoon, but it's like claymation. And there's this little guy called Chemburashka, who's kind of like a little monkey looking thing. And there's either a crocodile or an alligator in like a waistcoat and little hat who always carries a accordion around with him and sings. That's so funny. Oh my goodness. So I think it's 
from him. It sounds like it, because that whole accordion and the wizard thing and a blue helicopter Wait, let me, yeah. seems pretty specific. I was trying to look up the lyrics, like how it's, you said in Russian. And let me see. And that reminds me of how happy people yeah, were says, playing in the rain when Cole visited. Yeah, exactly. Gina's The Crocodile Song. Yes. Never mind the clumsy pedestrians. Yep, that's it. I'm <laughs> playing my accordion. Yep, that's the one. You found the origin, so that's so funny. And then finally, birthdays in France usually do include some form of sweet treat. However, uh, birthday cakes are very different than the ones we have, which are kind of the frosted confections. They generally like more of the sweet bread kind of things, like a yogurt cake or a chocolate marble cake, or even a chocolate kind of tort, but not with the frosting on top. Yeah, that's very American. Yes, that is very American. So a lot of different ways to uh, celebrate birthdays around the world. And a lot of different ideas where you could choose some of those things to become part of your home birthday traditions, given that parties will be out this year, or at least big parties. You'll have to have yeah, smaller true. parties um, at least for a while still. So, Our future festivities are for the week of April 27th. April 27th is National Tell-A-Story Day. April 28th is National Superhero Day. April 29th is National Zipper Day. April 30th is National Bugs Bunny Day. May 1st is May Day. May 2nd is Free Comic Book Day. And May 3rd is National Lemonade Day. And April 28th is my birthday. April 29th is Mom and Dad's anniversary. And April 30th is Cole's birthday. Yeah. We yep. did not plan that. No, that was not planned <laughs> out. It's just the way nature happened. That's right. <laughs> and you can follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at holiday underscore moons. On Instagram, you can find us at holiday moons, all one word. On Facebook, you can find us in the search bar by searching Holiday Moons. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. And you can contact us at any time by sending us an email to holidaymoons at gmail.com. So for Sydney, Beth, Randy, and Cole, happy happy birthday! And don't you mind those clumsy pedestrians.
to sing along with us birds up here. All together now, let's all sing like the birdies sing. Let's all sing like the birdies sing. Tweet, 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 tweet. Let's all sing like the birdies sing. Sweet, 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 sweet. Sweet, 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 sweet. Let's all warble like nightingales. Let's all warble like nightingales. You can throw the tree. Take your time from the birds. See, no one laid an egg but me. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. 